This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Dave McPherson, a very good morning to you, man. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, I'm not bad. <laughs> You've finally got here. It's like that. Don't worry. It's all right. I've been shifting gear as I move house. Oh, are you moving house? Are yeah, you? so excuse radio listeners if you can smell the sweat from here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even smell it in here, but nevertheless. Uh, I've just been talking about the bikes on the river and the walkway danger there, and I think uh, that's been brought up by some councillors, and I certainly brought it up on the radio myself. Yeah, look, um, cyclists need to be just as courteous to um, pedestrians because they're faster yep. uh, and heavier with this, both for things together as uh, they demand uh, car drivers are, should be mm, on mm. roads towards yep. them. Yep. Um, it's the same sort of deal. You've got a bigger, faster vehicle up against a smaller, more vulnerable person. That's right. And some cyclists are not the eye. Look, I'm a cyclist on the river pathway on occasions and I always use my bell and I heard some cyclists quoted as saying they don't do that because uh, it confuses pedestrians well uh, every pedestrian that I do that coming up behind uh, actually says thank you as I go yeah, past move, um, move and I say thank you to them when they move aside as yeah, well yeah. and that's uh, I learned that actually in Canada when I was in Vancouver going around the big Stanley Park there on a cycle that we oh, hired yeah. and Everyone uses their bell on the cycle and uh, calls out coming through. Yes, um, and, and and there's never any problems because there's a you know a culture of courtesy yep. and looking out for other people. Cyclists here need to do the same thing. Most of them probably do. Yeah, but there are a few. Yep. Um, dare I say, often wearing lycra. Um, <laughs> and so I could never be accused of that. <laughs> they make it into a, a race track. Some yeah, them, yeah. yeah. And, and look, it's it's a good thing, but it, it's not wide enough in some places right. for everyone to to go full the full speed they might like to. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, you know, it's for the whole community, not sure. just for cyclists. Surely, oh, that's really good. And uh, while I was uh, waiting there, I was talking about one or two things um, with the uh, the COVID lockdowns and God knows what that we've had. And the restrictions. Has that affected uh, council bro- projects? Uh, look, some projects have been delayed for a couple of reasons. One, when we had the level four sort of stuff, uh, you physically couldn't get onto the work sites. No. So there was a the hold up because of that. But perhaps the more enduring hold up is the lack of supplies for oh. some of the roading supplies, oh, yep. some of the construction supplies that council for projects councils involved in. A held up. Be more expensive. Both of those things are happening. Oh, yeah. So uh, they're trying to manage it by getting more local supplies, alternative sources, and things like that. And I think they'll eventually work that through. But I would say for the next couple of years, there's going to be a big sort of catch up thing happening. And uh, don't be surprised if some projects are delayed yeah. during that whole period. Right. Oh, well, we'll wait and see. And hopefully that uh, things do keep working along. 
Um, we got over the Ward Street uh, debacle, or whatever you like to call it. That's it's a seemed, lovely street. Of course it is. It's actually wide enough for about six lanes of traffic. I don't know who yeah. built it. <laughs> but it's not, it's not used very wisely. And I never subscribed to the, um, I wouldn't ever be so unkind as to say bleating of um, some of the uh, owners of shops there yeah. who, look, they're still parking. Yep including still parking outside just a metre further away yep. from the curb and things like that. Um, it's, I think it's more an annoyance with change and some horrible colours that were painted on the, on the uh, road as well, which are not to everyone's taste, of course. In fact, some of them looked like they weren't anything to do with taste but more to do with <laughs> vomit. Uh, but but they, they got noticed, so yeah, they created yeah. a debate. But um, it could have been done better. And one of the things that lessons that we did learn from that one, Brian, was not so much don't do those sorts of improvements, make more bike and cycle and walking friendly road areas in the CBD, but not to succumb to every blandishment or offer of money from a government agency, in yeah. this case NZTA slash Waka Kotei, yeah. suddenly said, have we got a deal for you? So we yep. jumped at it. But it went too fast, with and the, what the consultation could have been worked through better yes. beforehand, and the fears um, it could have been um, mollified or even nullified <laughs> if we'd uh, not gone according to the NZTA agenda, but yeah. gone according to our own. We have the odd fight over things that council does, yeah. to do with changing roading or parking and things like that, but they're not as protracted, and they usually work through before we actually put um, paint or tarmac on the ground. Right. Well, that's fair enough too, and I was just thinking about the uh, the various roading in Hamilton. There's been a suggestion of some streets... Uh, being renamed is that a possibility uh look um i'm aware of what yeah there has been that suggestion i'm aware of one street in particular like in hamilton east Von Tempsky or yeah, Von like Tempsky, and i have to say i support that and the interesting thing is it's the local um retail and business owners along that street that have approached us about that mm. um which is the right way for it to happen that you yeah. you're not always going to get that sort of community involvement no. but and it makes it a little bit easier if they come to the council right. rather than the other way around yeah um i remember as a um as a kid doing history yeah. in uh, hamilton boys high just around the corner from there yeah. uh learning about what von kemsky had been involved in and thinking why the hell's a street named after <laughs> that butcher yeah. <laughs> even yeah. as a 14 year old yeah, um, yeah. so uh it's in my opinion, that one's not before time. but And I know that um, some people have raised the issue to do with Bryce Street yeah. um, in particular, um, to a lesser extent even Grey Street and ah. one or two others, but not many. No. Not many. The, the big thing, uh, of course, is pr pretty much residential, except for the little hospital down by Tempsky. Yeah. Um, that would be easy enough, but with Bryce Street and some of those other streets, it would be fairly expensive for changing their names on the letterheads and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there has to be some consideration given to that, and I think if we're going to do it, we we would have to support that sort of change. I mean, we we changed the name 
of a road in Hamilton um, uh, a few years ago with no problems at all after consultation. Yeah. It was what's now Baverstock Road was Thomas Road. We had the Thomas Road on each side of the city yeah. and the poor old posties were getting the wrong <laughs> mail and people <laughs> going to the wrong yeah. side of the city and things like that. Yeah. So we cha- Thomas was changed to Baverstock in the yeah. west there and the other one in the east was left there because they yeah. were a bit boring and old farts <laughs> over there. Uh, we were more, on the west, we are a lot more progressive. <laughs> no, so you I, I only say that to our East Ward councillors. Yeah. And, and because it was done with consultation, yeah. people could see the sense of it, it was okay. Yeah. And we didn't rush it. I think it took best part of a year to yeah. from start to the final. And of course thing. we've got Anzac uh, Parade or whatever it is over here now on Oh, you mean where the bridge is? Yeah. Yeah, I'd still call it the Bridge Street Bridge. Yeah. Um, I think it's only the police that get confused with the name. They're about the only ones that front on to that, just about. Fair enough, too. Well, there we go. Now, getting away from that, of course, a little bit, we've got uh, some uh, projects coming up. Now, the Tiawa Lakes one, is that a private development? It's a private development, yep. It's nothing to do with council other than we have to give consents for subdivisions and building and, and all that sort of thing, like we would any other subdivision. The sort of probably one of the interesting things about that, that was originally set down for an industrial area. All right. And yes. the owners, uh, Perry Development Limited, I think they're, um, certainly one of the Perry's group, uh, thought that a riverside area was better used as residential. And I agree with them in principle. Um, and they've now started some of the earthworks. They've had consent yeah. for that, which is for the stormwater oh, yeah. drains and the well, stormwater retention areas. Some of them are going to be open lakes that can be swum yeah, in yeah, or boated, boated that, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they also got uh, a problem with alligator weed there, which they're having to uh, address by yeah. burying it and things. Yeah. Like they've got a, a management plan in place there. And then early next Next year, they're going to start some of the uh, roading that's needed for the first housing. Right. Uh, you won't see the housing this side of next winter, but no. after next winter, you'll see that starting as mm. well. well it sounds it's good anyway. It's going to be about a thousand houses in there, so that's wow. about two and a half thousand, three thousand people yeah. going in there. And we're looking at things like extending the Comet bus route up that far and that's the sort of thing yeah. that in this case the regional council would right. like to put in some infrastructure for it right. uh, have to do when you get subdivisions on the outskirts yeah. of the city so rather than is it a sort of a bit of a posh area well they're, they're certainly going to be posh bits yeah. lakeside yeah, things yeah. think um Pau-Nui yeah. bits but there's also going to be things like think Chartwell, normal street type of thing. Some of those areas where duplexes are being put in, um, up on, I can't remember it, up the north of Rotuna North, um, Tenniel Street area, some of that sort of stuff, which is uh, probably average priced housing. Yeah, Yeah, maybe slightly lower than average. Certainly aiming for 10% or so slash affordable housing. They're working with Kaing Aura, the government agency, to make sure some of that goes into there as well. So it's not not going to be all like uh, late, Road, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough too. Uh, that's that's good. And of course, there's the Rurukura one that's coming along, and Peacocks, uh, that's going yep. fairly well. Yep, um, Peacocks slow but steady. Um, yep. The first housing is going to start being built sometime next year. There as well, what's called the Amberfield development. Even right. before that, uh, a retirement village. Yep. 
close to the bridge. If you were going across the bridge from Newbridge, they're building yeah. from Hillcrest, it would be immediately on your left. Um, and then following right. that would yeah. be housing yeah. on your left. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I came to Hamilton from Taranaki uh, in my job 27 years ago when we were talking about peacocks and I thought, well, that would be very good for where I yeah. was running a church. Well, um, when they, actually, just to, sorry to interrupt there, no, no, when they, Hamilton, they did all the new local government boundaries in 1989 and yeah. um, the only new bit of land that came into Hamilton, the entire area, was Peacock. And that was supposed to be because they needed more housing land 30 years ago, 31 years ago, and nothing has happened until the the current Peacock development, partly because it was quite hard to access from the rest of the city, either through the gully behind Beta or over the river there. And it wasn't until we got the government loan in 2015-16, the housing infrastructure fund loan, that we were able to do the bridge and the stormwater connections and wastewater connections things like that to enable it to properly open up like right. a normal subdivision. Yeah. I was looking at it the other day when I went past and the bank's really lovely. A lot of work's gone into that. Yeah. And, of course, that big roundabout, you know. Yeah, it used to be called the Dixon Street roundabout, but that was a bit confusing because it's actually about 100, 200 metres away from Dixon Road. <laughs> right. um, and that's going to be the way... If you're coming in from Taumutu yeah. or Glenview, that's going to be how you get across into the middle of Peacock through right. that. Right. Um, it's also um, going to help people from the Dixon Road area where there's quite a lot of new housing going sure. in, in the sort of edge of Peacock there. Yeah. Um, that's help. They're going to be able to come out onto State Highway 3, which is nearly impossible mm. until they built the roundabout. So you come out, turn left, go around the roundabout, and then back into yeah. the city. Because uh, there's a uh, aged uh, residential thing up there, top there too, isn't there? Ah, uh, didn't know that, but no, wouldn't surprise me. I think the whole city's going to be a retirement village, <laughs> like Tauron already is. <laughs> Nobody can retire. Uh, I should have retired 20 years ago, but yeah. I'm still going. You are. Good on you. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Never mind. We can laugh about it anyway. Yeah. Um, so the COVID effect on projects, obviously, as you say, has taken things down. One of the things that bugs me, and I don't know how you feel about it, is the government taking over the water. Um, look, it doesn't bug me, and I'll tell you why, but I understand that position you're talking about. Yep. Um, Hamilton itself is not badly served as far as water quality and no. delivery goes at the moment. We've kept up with the infrastructure need, but... Our city is growing as fast as anywhere, faster than any, the, even than Auckland proportionally. Right. Um, uh, the Auckland overall, parts of Auckland are still yeah. growing fast, but but over the whole city, our proportional growth is really faster growing. than yep. that. And um, we, in from, f- we're, we're okay for the next four or five years. After that, you know, if we want to, for instance, um, put a whole lot more apartments and so forth in the central city. Which is a thought. Yeah, yeah, it's in fact, it's quite a big desire of people to get more people back, of council to get more people back into there. Sure. And developers are starting to play with that idea too. Um, we're going to need to double the size, for instance, of the wastewater pipes that go, that connect right, the city yep, CBD. Yep. That's a huge, retrofitting is yep. actually more expensive <laughs> than putting them in a new area to, oh, if you're doing right. that. Yeah. So you've got some huge expenses. There, there is not the money set aside in our 10-year plan to do that. And we're one of the handful of better-off cities in the country. Yeah. So we can't, if we can't afford that, 
um, because we don't have the economy of scale. You know, two cents from everyone is uh, here is worth it, probably ten dollars from everyone at Ultra Hong okay. sort of yeah. argument because that's so small. We still have that problem um, with providing infrastructure, looking in the medium and long term. Right. Other places have got that right now. You have like Norths, obviously. Yeah. Um, the, those northern towns of Dunedin area, yep. um, Karatani and those places that had yep. the lead in the water recently. Yeah, um, yeah. Wellington's water pipes shooting geysers up in the middle of the main street. <laughs> Waste water, even worse. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, no place in New Zealand has, has got the money to do it properly right. looking forward, some closer to now than others. Yes. So that's why something needed to change. Um, and the government did an exercise that, and I'm not sure that I entirely agree with all of the outcome, um, that said a bigger unit, you know, with more yeah. people, more houses, could more easily afford to help your little tekawitties that need a new wastewater plant, things like that. They can't afford to do no, that okay. sort of stuff by themselves. Yeah. But a bigger, let's say the whole of the Waikato together could have. Yeah. Um, you know, put a okay. This year we're doing Tikiwiti. Next year we'll do Kiki, ki, uh, and then we'll do Flagstaff, which needs an upgrade or whatever. Like, you right know, yeah. and yeah. do it. Sort yep. of think of it like that. So that's why the bigger units going to help. We were already going towards that. We yep. were, we ha- we've still got in place a deal for a new wastewater treatment plant with both Waipa and Waikato District Council yep. down near the airport somewhere, oh, which yeah. is going to free up. At the moment, Pukiti will only last for another five or six years in terms of the capacity that it can handle. So we have to have something coming else coming on stream yeah. to service the growth in here. Even if we had big enough pipes, <laughs> where do you go to with that? So you need that bigger scale. Yeah, government's sort of ramming it through a bit and removing some local control, which we've—that's what we're arguing with them oh, about. Right. Yeah. So that—that's that's sort of why we're heading in that. We support the thrust of getting a better system so you can afford those infrastructure upgrades. Yep. But um, we're not convinced that they're, the way they want it managed and controlled afterwards is necessarily the best way of doing it. Right. So that's we're still arguing toss. And that one of the reasons we um, have voted to stay in the discussion, we want to stay in that discussion, not like yeah. a few councils, including and some, some people here, including the deputy mayor, wanted to tell the government to naff off and we were going to have nothing more to do with it. We didn't think that was very productive given the looming problems. Right. That might work. We could go fine for five years. What yeah. do we do after that? Yeah. Suddenly have a big rate increase to afford that. Yeah. That's another question, of course. Would our rates go down <laughs> if the government take over the water? I think the more realistic... Some have said that, and I think the more realistic thing is that they won't go up so fast. <laughs> okay. There's, what's that? There's nothing more certain in life than, than taxes and death or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit like yeah. that sort of yeah, argument. Put, uh, right. see, yeah. The idea is that the economy of scale is going to enable you to hold your costs yes. lower for longer. Yes, that's really the crux of the argument. Okay. We've still got about five minutes to go anyway. And one of the things I was going to ask you, the next election, two Maori seats, there's going to be STV for the votes. Uh, we're still going to have the two wards, of course. Yep. Um, is that going to go all right, do you think? I think so. There, look, 
like any change, it's going to take a bit of getting used to. STV, firstly, um, that's a that's just a preferential voting system. You yeah, can vote I quite one, like one it, to seventy five, yeah. or as, or one to if you don't like any seventy four of them, you just have to vote one. <laughs> um, literally, yeah. Um, yeah. and people are somewhat used to it with the DHB. Though yeah. we, of course, we didn't have a DHB election last time. No. It would be good if the central government did that. They require all of us to do it, but they don't put the same requirements on themselves. Right. Uh, I think that might have been a, a better system than MMP. Yeah. But, but that's... Being, well, I, put I that aside. That, yeah. People just have so. to get their heads around. Look, in Australia, where they already have STV and several... Effectively, STV right across the country in their different states yeah. and that... You try and explain first past the post to them and how that works. They think that's a crazy system. Why don't, <laughs> why don't they have our preferential system? Absolutely. So it's what you get used yeah, to. Yeah. Well, I've, I've always liked STV as against MMP yeah. right from the beginning. But however, yeah, um, um, I think sorry, the Maori wards. Yeah. Um, that with a bit of luck, that will get more Maori involved in the elections, voting and things like that. Right. There is a bit of confusion though about, but you can only do it if you're on the Maori roll, sure. and the to- the time to change isn't coming up in the near future so that's going to cause a bit of angst amongst Maori and probably Pākehā. Yeah, yeah. So they've got, government needs to sort out that mistiming. Right. Well that's going to be interesting to see how that goes and people I think will Use STV pretty easily. It's, yes, it's yes. simple to go. I agree. I see times are getting close to running out, but anything you'd like to bring up uh, while I've got you here? Oh, well, probably that people should have a good and safe Christmas <laughs> and uh, get vaccinated and get oh, their vaccine, vaccine yeah. pass. I've yep. got my vaccine pass. Yeah, I've got one. Um, and look, to be honest, uh, it's there for the whole community. It helps yeah. the whole community if you yeah. do that. If you're refusing to do that, you have got the right to do that. But equally, um, you know, you can't drive if you haven't got a licence. So right. there'll be some things you can't do if you haven't got a vaccine pass. Exactly. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't even get a haircut. So <laughs> think about well, that. You and I won't worry too much about that <laughs> aspect, though, Brian. I've got a bit of hair. <laughs> a bit more than you. Yeah. But uh, you've got yours on your face. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's slipped. Yeah. Well, I had an electric raisin that went fat and I get very slack on having a shave with a yeah. hand razor. I must get an electric one now. They're all open again. Yep. Yeah, go, go electric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, that's cars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you for coming in, uh, and uh, Mike, and uh, wish you all the best for Christmas. Yep. Uh, the council is going to be closed from when to when? Uh, look, I don't know the exact day, but usually the uh, it stays open until, say, a day before Christmas. Oh, yep. it's probably the Wednesday, Christmas yep. on the Friday from memory, yep. something like that. And then it'll open after New Year, but there will always be the 24-7 emergency number. Right. Rubbish not picked up, uh, uh, holes open up in the road outside <laughs> or whatever like that. Yeah. So don't forget... To ring the council number if you have anything urgent. No um, they'll always be there and there'll always be staff on duty. There we are. Well, you have a good Christmas and uh, I'll be talking to you probably around about March, I think. Okay. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, go well and uh, have a good Christmas and yeah. we'll see you later. Same, Brian. Thanks Thank very, very much. much. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.